your rain. We got enough physical rain this 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 year. I want to receive this, this so much more of that of God's His spiritual rain. I love. I'm going to go back to that that song that we sung a while ago, Reckless Love. I, that one that one little section of that verse really gets me every time. It says, "When you were my foe, I still fought for you." Man, that messes me up. I mean, when you I mean, if you if you my foe, I ain't fighting for you. You know, but that's how amazing God is. Even when we were against Him, He still fights for us. He fights for our soul. He fights for our life. And I just love that about Him. Well, today's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to so much preach to you today. I'm going to talk to you. So I'm going to kind of sit here in my chair to make it a little bit more, more intimate with you. I'm going to be a little more intimate with you today and be able to talk to you just a second about something. I, God gave me a word for, for um, our church and for you. <clears throat> and I was talking to Gina the other day. I said, Gina, I believe God's given me this word, and uh, and she's like, okay. So we talked about it. She's like, wow, that's awesome. And then uh, within 12 hours, my cadre brother, somebody that I, I'm connected to with through a mentorship program with uh, Jeannie Mayo, uh, he he just texts me. He normally texts me about every three weeks and says, hey, I'm praying for you, or what have you. But he said he he called me and said, uh, Doug, I just want to let you know, God's given me a word for you. And I was like, praise God, man, talk to me. And he gave me this word. And I was like, wow, this is, man, I, and I, that's the same word that I just told Gina. And then and Kristen was with me at the time, and I said, Kristen, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this. And then uh, and so I told her, and she said, oh, you're not going to believe this. She said, she said, Neil said, just told me the other day that he felt like the word for Kingdom Life probably this year is, is going to be this. And so then I preached. We had first service. We had a wonderful first service, and we had a lot of people show up. And, and, um, and uh, I had two people. One of them came and said, hey, God told me that that word that you just said was one of my words. And then someone else said, I'm getting a, I had a job interview. And in that job interview, they said, well, why are you leaving so-and-so? And they said, because, and then that word. And I was like, praise God. So that's like five times God confirmed this. So I believe that, that, that this is a powerful word. It, it seems simple, but um, it's not the way you think it is. And the, the word is simply grow. And so you think you understand, you think, well, that's not that powerful, but hold on, God's got, I'm telling you, this is from my spirit. This is what God gave me. I didn't read this in a book. I didn't read a encyclopedia. I, and nobody talked to me about it. This is what God spoke to me about you. And if you're here today and, and what you know, if, if I never see you again, I want you to understand that this word, since you're here today, you hear this word, it's being planted in your soul. It's being planted in your spirit. And you're going to be able to receive this word. And this year, the word grow can help you. Um, in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says in the Passion Translation, it says, After this, the church all over Judea, Galilee, and Samaria experienced a season of peace. A season of peace. And it says the congregations grew larger and larger with the believers being empowered and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It says, And they worshiped God in wonder and in awe and walked in the fear of the Lord. I love when, when we get to the place where we're in worship where we're worshiping, worshiping God in awe and wonder, where you're just in awe and you're just overwhelmed by His presence. Um, and, then, and then the next scripture God gave me was uh, Psalms 92 and 12, and it says, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. And I wondered what cedars of Lebanon were, because I've always heard it, but I really didn't research it much. And I'm about to tell you after we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this amazing time with you. I stand in awe of you on a regular basis. I stand in wonder of who you are, the love that you have for us, the forgiveness that you give us, God, and you show us. Father, who you are, the, the massiveness of, of, of the span of your hand. I thank you, Father, today for Kingdom Life. I'm so honored to be the pastor. 
I'm so honored to, for people to call me that. I'm so honored for, to be able to be at a place where I can help lead them and grow them and disciple them and shepherd them, Father, and help them and help them during their time of need and their time of sorrow and their, their time of, of hurt and their time of pain. And God, I just pray that today that you give me strength to create the, in, in, in the word, to create the right words to say, God, uh, the way you gave them to me. God, so we can start this year on the right path to kingdom life. And we just love you for that, God. You're such an amazing God. And we honor you and we serve you today, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Obviously, you know that we, we are here to inspire love, life, and relationship. That's our mission. Inspire love, life, and relationship. And so I said, God, what is Cedars of Lebanon? That, that scripture, just, that, those words just jumped out at me. And I was like, okay, palm trees. Okay, I understand that. But what's Cedars of Lebanon? So I looked it up. You know, and I know in... The, I know in uh, I know in, in Proverbs, I mean, the Song of Psalms, it talks about, your, about the woman's neck being like the cedars of Lebanon, you know, and I, but, but I'm talking about what does it say in the Word of God about cedars of Lebanon. And so I started looking it up, and um, it said that there was deep roots. It says for every 10 feet above the ground, there's 30 feet of roots. Okay? So, so what's God telling us? That, that we're going to be deep, deeply rooted this year. You know, because what happens when a hurricane comes? If you ain't got deep roots, it gets knocked over, right? But if you have good, deep roots, then what's going to happen is you're going to stand strong during trial and tribulation. And, and, and Ephesians uh, 3.17 talks about us being rooted and grounded in love, right? Um, and then it says that the cedars of Lebanon um, were, uh, had a lot of penetration. And it said the tips of the roots, the tips of the roots were so sharp that when it came up against a rock, in the ground, deep in the ground, it would pierce that rock. It had some kind of substance on the end of it that helped it sharpen, and it would sharpen, go through that rock. And I'm excited today that whenever this, 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 this year, when I hit a rock, when I hit a hard place in my life, that God's going to help us have roots so sharp that we can pierce every tribulation and every hardship and everything that in our, in our life happens, every difficult time that comes this year, we're going to be able to pierce those hard times with the roots that God has given us and the depth of, of, of who we are. And then it says also, it says it's useful to others. Psalms 104, 16 and 17 tells us that it says that the cedars of Lebanon provide a place for the birds of the air. So it's, 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 it's available and useful for others. Okay? And this year we are going to continue you know, uh, to be useful to others. And I'm, and I'm, I'm excited about that, that, you know, that we're going to be able to continue. We've helped a lot of people this year. We, we, uh, we, we've met our budget for, this is the third year we've met our budget, but this year, I just met, met with Pastor Tammy, we exceeded our budget this year. And we spent our whole budget this year. <laughs> okay? And she said, y'all give a lot of money. She said, y'all bless a lot of people. I said, yep, and we're going to keep right on doing it. And God's going to keep right on blessing us. And she's like, amen, amen. Because we exceeded what we thought we, what we were believing God for, which was, it was a stretch. It was 10% more than it came in the year before. And we, we met that and exceeded it. And when we have blessed and gave and done, and God's going to continue to do that. You know, so we're going to continue to be useful to our community um, by giving and blessing people. And then it says that the cedars of Lebanon had a resistance to decay. They had some kind of, the sap was a natural repellent to insects and to, and to, and to fungi, fungus. And um, I believe that that's in relation to possibly um, our armor. The armor of God is going to keep us from decay because we're going to be, be able to fight against the schemes of the enemy and we're going to extinguish all the, f the flaming arrows of the evil one and we're going to be able to resist decay. We're not going to sit around and decay spiritually. 
We're going to stay alive and stay fresh and stay renewed. And then the next thing that, that they said about the, uh, about the cedars of Lebanon was that, that it was unity. That the limbs of neighboring trees beside it would join together and, and provide um, support and foliage. And they would like interact and intertwine with one another. And they would grow together as one. And so even, the, so even if, a, if a tree dies, the tree stands because it's, inter, it's interwoven with the tree beside it, and it still stands, even in its weakness. Praise God, that excites me. Because Psalms 133 and 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And see, that's what I love about kingdom life. We, wanna, we, we, we understand that we're not about us. That it's about our community. And we want to stand, we still, you know, some things like the, the, the hurricane. We had truckloads coming in and all kind of stuff that we did not have the capacity to be able to pass out here. So we joined with Life, Life Point and we joined arms with them and they held us up and we gave, we gave supplies and did that kind of stuff and they held us up and we joined with other churches and other, and other people um, in our community to stand beside one another. And that's the way it should be. We're not in competition, okay? We are, we are together with others. And so that unity is really important. And it shows you how, uh, how the, those brothers dwell in unity. And how many people know that's a miracle? Because brothers fight and argue and punch each other, right? <laughs> Siblings. But it says those brothers dwell in unity. And that's what we are going to do this year, as we have been, but even in a deeper level. And then it says longevity and vitality. Psalms 92 and 12 and 14 through 15. It talks about, it says, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree and will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord and they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in their old age. Come on, somebody from Oasis. You ain't done yet. God, God still got you. Just because you're older and you still got service and God's going to use you. And it says it will be very green and declare that the Lord is upright and he is a rock and he is unright and, 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 the unright and, and there is not unrighteousness in him. So I got excited. The word grow. I was like, praise God. We're going to have a million dollars in the bank. We're going to have 10,000 people. We're going to have 14 services. And it's just going to be awesome. <laughs> and God, and, and I'm telling you, man, God, God has a way of talking to me. You know, I used to laugh a lot of times when I heard how... Um, uh, Jesse Duplantis would say how God talked to him because I like I don't even believe he talked to you that way, but I really don't because he's just so crazy. But but in my spirit, okay. So the stuff I'm telling you today, it's the way I received it in my spirit. Okay, let's not get hyper spiritual and say well that God didn't say it that way. Well, you know what? This is how I received it from God in my spirit. Okay, so he's like, so the thing he told me is you're being carnal. I was like, I'm sorry. He said you're being carnal. You're worried about money, you're worried about people, you're worried about numbers. And yes, all that will come, but that will be because, be, be because of a result of these other things that I'm going to grow. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So, the first thing they said that he's going to grow, he's going to grow us in maturity. Luke 8 and 14. I'm going to go through a lot, you might as well just write them down because it's going to be hard to stay up. And it, but they'll be on the screen as well if you want to write them down for later. Um, grow in maturity. The seeds that fail amongst the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pledges of this world, so they never grow to maturity. I preach a word to you every week. I plant a seed in you every week. And some of y'all can't get past Monday morning before the devil's done pluck that seed out, and it's not going to grow because of the fact that you're dealing with the, 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 the cares of life and the pleasures of life and the things of this world. 
Okay, some of y'all read your own scriptures, or you got your own Bible studies going on, and, and you can't even hardly deal with it because the stress of life is just driving you crazy, and and um, it just you end up that, that seed gets plucked up like then it does off of the because of the thorns. The second thing here is the Second um, Corinthians thirteen and eleven. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letters, my letter by these last words: Be joyful, grow to maturity. Encourage one another, live in harmony and peace. Then the love of God and the peace will be with you. We're going to grow maturity this year. We're not going to stay. I know we're a young church. January 27th in three years. And so we are not going to stay eat, drinking milk. We're going to have the meat of the word. We're going to grow. And we want to, we want to, these life groups is going to be powerful this year. We're going to really get involved in that and, and, and start growing in the word and start, start helping you mature. So every wind that blows by and every person that says it has an attitude with you, we don't go off. That we don't get upset. That we mature in Christ. And we become mature Christians and are able to handle things. Okay. The, the, next, the next grow that God gave me, it says we're going to grow in discipleship. We're going to come up, we, 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 have, we have Discipleship 101, but we're going to have a growth track, and we're going to really start focusing on discipleship. God didn't say, go save everybody. He said, go make disciples. It's obvious that people have to be saved to be a Christian, okay? So that's a foregoing. We all should be doing that. But it says that churches, and pe- we, should, we should be discipling people. So we want to disciple people this year and really help them to grow and, and, to, and to, to become deeper Christians and help them mature. That's why February 22nd and 23rd for our, my, the core leadership, those are on, on a, lot of the, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the Kingdom Keepers. We're going to have a Razor Bar Conference, and we're going to have a Razor Bar Conference, and we're going to talk about standards of excellence here at Kingdom Life, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to help you in ministry, but it's more so, it's going to help you at your job at work. It's going to help you as a person, be a better person, and, and, there's, and we're, we are now finally the 501c3, and so, anybody excited about that? <laughs> we're, we're totally a 501c3 now and um, we, you know, the, the, there's 10 of us on the board and, and so all 10 of us are going to come down and we're going to be a part of this and so we're excited that we do have a 501c3 now and um, we are under kingdom impact and, that, and, and we are a non-denominational um, organization so um, the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to grow in awareness of God's presence Psalms 139 7 through 10 Psalms 139 7 through 10 I can never escape from your, pre- your spirit, David says. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, you are there. If I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Okay? <clears throat> there was no Bible when David was walking around. He didn't read that God is everywhere. He didn't realize that, that he's the El Shaddai and he's everywhere and all this. He didn't realize that, that, um, who God was to the depth as far as what he read. He had to experience that to know that. So he was aware of God's presence. When he was in the grave and he felt like the whole world was down, down around him, he was aware of who God, his presence was there. How many times did you hear David say, I just want to die. Lord, just kill me. I'm just done with this junk. I'm not going to handle this mess anymore. You know? And then all of a sudden he'll say, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, it's like, are you bipolar? What's going on with you? No, no. He, 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 all of, he, he got out of his funk and got out of himself and quit being carnal and said, you know what? Wait a second. I'm in the presence of Jehovah. Okay? And so he came out of that. It says in Isaiah 6 and 5, it's, um, it says, um, he said, so I said, 
Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of unclean people, for, the, for uh, my eyes have seen the, the king and the host of hosts, the Lord of hosts. Okay, that's when Uzziah said, this is in the year of the Lord where his train filled the temple, and, and there was smoke, and it was just, he was in the presence of God. And, I, and I, I, I want us to constantly try to be in a place where we enter into the holy place. That we just don't come in here and just sit here and, and, and sing and dance and hallelujah, thank you Jesus, well that was a good little worship set. That we, that we get into that place of awe where we are, God I'm undone. I've got so much that I need your help with. I am nothing without you. I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. That we just get in that place that we're so aware of God's presence. That you get in a place where you're so aware of God's presence that whenever you're at work, you can sense him. That at work, you're thinking about him. That every situation you go through, that whenever you get overwhelmed with anger and you're about to cuss somebody out, you're like, I'm in the presence of God and he can help me with this. I don't have to handle it this way, okay? So then, so then the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to grow, or not the next. I don't know how God's going to lay this out to us, but this is the order he gave it to me. Grow in grace. 2 Peter 3.18 in the Passion Translation. It says, but continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory both now and ever until eternity begins. Amen. And we're going to learn how to go, to, as I heard someone say the other day, just a comment about something, and I, I, I attached it to this. They said, to grace and to beyond. Kind of like blood's light year, to infinity and beyond. Well, we can go to grace. In other words, what I want you to understand is, is yes, grace is wonderful. Grace will keep you. Yeah, if you sin, grace is there. Grace is going to help you. You're not going to go to hell like I was always taught. And you get, God's going to dangle you over hell every time you sin. So you better repent before God comes back in the next 18 points of a second, you know. So the thing is, is that there is grace, and that's wonderful. Yes, God forgives you. God has that grace. But there's more than grace, that it's just not a ticket to get you to heaven, that it's not greasy grace, that I got a ticket. No matter what I do, I can go to heaven now. I'm fine. That's not how God works, that there's, there's just something beyond that grace. What do we do? Yes, there's grace. You know, God's word says, God, your grace is so good that it forgives me for my sins, and it's, I'm covered by my sins, but God forbid that I keep on sinning. Okay, so it's not a ticket to sin. It's not, a, okay, I'm saved now, I'm, I'm good, so I'm just not, I'm gonna, I don't have to worry about sin. No, you have to have that repentant heart. You have to repent. But there's more to it than just grace, and we want to talk about that this year, and we want God to grow us in a, in a, in a, a healthy grace, not an unhealthy grace. Um, so, and then we're going to grow in love. As y'all know, you knew that would probably be one, because I could preach on love every single week of my life. I just love that, because God is love. So if you're going to preach on God, then you're preaching love. 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12 in the New Living Translation says, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. I like that. It's kind of, it needs to be a rap song. You need to grow and overflow. Okay? So I want everybody to say that. Rhyme it with me. Grow and overflow. Grow and overflow. All right. Um, and then it's just as your love, just as um, our love for you overflows. So we want to grow in love. We do a lot of loving around here. You know, and we, and we do that, and people, people love that, and, and, and we want to continue to show that above all, that we love people. And how do we want to do that? Well, 1 John four seventeen says, and we live in God. Our love grows more and more perfect. So we will not be afraid the day when judgment comes, but we will be able to face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this earth. Now, we can't be Jesus, obviously. We're not perfect. We're not without sin. But we can live like he did. How did what was like him? He loved. He cared. He was compassionate. 
He was forgiving. He was hopeful. So the more we love, the more we live like Jesus. And then when we stand before God one day, we don't have to wonder if we're going to make it. We know we're going to make it. And when we stand before God, we can say, God, I mess up a lot, but I love like you did. And I stood the course, and I ran the race, and I loved, I tried my best to serve you. I fell down a million times walking through that cross, but I never turned my back. I kept walking through the cross. And I'm going to love you, and thank you for that love, God. Thank you for that love. And yes, I'm confident that, I, that you're going to call my name out because I love like you did. I did my best to love like you did. We're imperfect people, but still, I did the best I could to love you. And then we're going to grow in joy. Grow in joy. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes, of, um, comes our way, consider an opportunity of great joy. New Living Translation, James 1 and 2. Um, King James has counted, you know, counted all joy when you enter into, into temptations and trials. This past year has been a year of sorrow for a lot of us. You know, um, Michael Cooper was here last week, and, and, uh, and um, he said, man, I had seven foot of water in my house. I mean, totally, 100% lost, you know. Um, but we're gonna. But this is. He said. But God, I'm gonna. I'm gonna build a house on the other side of, of 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 the farm, and I'm gonna end up a whole lot better than I was. So thank God, and to God be the glory. So the thing is, is that we're gonna grow in joy. So yes, we're, there's gonna be sorrow because you know what? Um, we're talking about this year that we're gonna have so much joy. But the Bible, even the Bible says, even God said, Yeah, I got salvation. You're gonna go to heaven, but in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trials. So we're gonna have trials, but we're gonna have joy. And then it says, grow in endurance. I love, I, found, I looked at these scriptures after God gave me the words, okay? So I want you to watch the, the, how this happens. This was, that was James 1 and 2 for joy. And then God gave me the next word, to grow in endurance. And in James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So we want our endurance to be able to grow. The endurance to stand longer through the storm. The endurance to handle more weight that we can cast on God. The, the endurance to keep that going and, excuse me, and, not, and not give up and not quit. The endurance to say, I can make it to the end this year, and I'm going to be happy about it. And then that was um, James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. So joy was James chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Endurance was James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And then the next one is grow in wisdom, James chapter 1 and 5. Is not God a God of order? Is that not incredible? When I looked at the scriptures, I was like, holy Jesus. So, <laughs> so he said, he's grow in wisdom. He said, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. That's not, um, Psalms 90 and 12. James 1 and 5 says, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's not going to get upset if you ask for wisdom. We will be asking for wisdom this year. We always ask for wisdom. I ask for wisdom every day. But we're going to ask for wisdom from God. God, how are we going to handle the situation? God, how do, I, how do I handle this as a pastor? How do I lead this? How do I do this? We're going to ask, what's the direction? God, how does this life group need to go? What new life groups do we, do, do we need to have? We're going to say, God, give us wisdom. How can we make the money that we need to make? How can we do this to be able to reach our community? How can we do this to get out of this building? There's wisdom in the counsel of many. And then the next thing is to grow in faith, Romans 10, 17. So, so, when, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So we're going to hear a lot of the word of God today. Because faith cometh when you hear and hear and hear and hear the word of God. 
Amen. Just keep on hearing. So faith cometh by hearing. We want faith to grow because we want endurance. Because the Bible says if you're going to have endurance, your faith's going to be tested. So you want your faith to grow so you can, have, so you can get endurance so we can go on and go on from there. Praise God. So we're going to grow in faith. And we're going to grow, you know, so much. And, and I love that because I, I was sitting there and I was like, God, that's awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that word. He's like, I'm not done. I'm like, okay, more growth. He said, no. He said, what happens when, you, when a child at five years old grows to seven years old? And they just keep growing and they keep growing. I'm like, well, they outgrow stuff. He said, yes. So I, the next part of our word is outgrow. Okay, so I thought, we're going to outgrow the building, and we're going to raise $10,000 million, and we're going to, and he's like, you're calm again. Calm down. Calm down. Know your role. Stay in your lane. Okay? Yes, we are. We are going to get out of this building, because, you know, we need, our, our kids, we have, sometimes we have six babies back there in that little tiny room. Sometimes, you know, when our kids don't have a place back there that's sufficient for them, we don't have a place for, 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 for you know, for us to have, um, uh, social things like that. It's unless we take everything up in here and put it back, and sometimes we got to turn around quick and all that. So we're going to do that, and we're going to believe that we are going to outgrow our building. But we have. We, we, we the lease is up in January. I mean, in um, in July. We get on, we get to that in a minute. So what are we going to outgrow? He said, "You're carnal. You're thinking again that you're outgrow carnally." So I'm like, "Okay, excuse me." So what what are we going to outgrow, Father? Um, he's like, "You're going to outgrow negativity," and I'm like, "Okay, but God, we don't we don't have a lot of negativity." We really don't. I mean, we got a great, I mean, I got a great, great bunch of sheep. They're amazing. They're amazing. I'm so honored. I, I don't have a lot of negativity. Once in a while, and we deal with that. Okay, but we don't have that. So God's like, well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. And I was like, well, what is it? And then so it was um, Proverbs 4 and 24. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. I was like, okay. And I was like, and then Proverbs 25 and 11 in the Passion, it says, When some words um, spoken at just the right time are appealing as apples gilded in gold and surrounded with silver. King James says a fitly word spoken is like apples of gold and, and silver and lining. And I was like, that's about negative people. He's like, no, I'm not talking about negative people. I'm talking about the negativity that we speak to ourselves. That we are constantly negative to ourselves you're nothing you can't do this you can't make that you're not good enough you're not you're not great enough you're not like them you know the negativity that we speak the, the perverse talk the corrupt communication that we have to ourselves every day that that, that that i can't make that i can't do that i'm not good enough whatever whether it's been spoken to your life or over you by somebody else or what have you but the negative word that we speak to ourselves this year is going to stop because we're going to grow in faith and all these endurance and we're not going to need to speak negative because we're going to believe who christ says we are so y'all better get me to preach. I need to stop a second. I need to calm back down, Doug. <clears throat> so we need to believe who God says we are. And we're his masterpiece. We're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Okay? So we got to realize we can't, we got to stop talking negative to ourselves. Okay? So the next thing was outgrow bitterness and, and anger. Anger and bitterness. Ephesians 4.31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. We're going to get rid of this year. I believe that word right that, that, that word there is to me, the way God in my spirit, was that we're going to get rid of the anger and bitterness of the past. Not that you're angry, but what has made you angry. Who hurt you that you still are angry and bitter over? You forgave them, but you're still, you still angry and bitter. Because we say, you know, because forgiveness is a process. 
The right, the right attitude will bring around, I mean, the, the, right, the right words and the right actions will bring around, around the right emotions. So forgiveness, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. The more you say that, the more you talk it, the more you try to live it and say, God, I know you want me to and I want to, and I try to do that, then, then, then you will eventually forgive, right? Because the emotions will follow your actions eventually. So, but before you get there, you got, you got anger and bitterness. So you're still angry, you're still bitter at people. So this year, we're going to grow beyond that. We're going to grow beyond that. And let me just stop halfway right there and go to the next word. It says, we're going to outgrow unforgiveness. Colossians 3 and 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We're going to do our best. I don't know this is, I don't think this is a word except for in, in some old translation of, of, of a dictionary. But we're going to be unoffendable. We're not going to be so offended. We're not going to have to forgive people because we're not going to be offended to, be, to, to have to forgive someone. We're going to love people, and we're going to not hold bitterness against them. We're not going to hold rage against them. You, the person who hurt you, the person who abused you, the person who has done you wrong over and over and over again, we're going to grow so much that it's not going to be an issue. Like I said last week, that I got to the place and so many people have hurt me in my life so deeply and so darkly and so evilly at times that, that, that I just said, you know what? I got to the place where God's helped me to forgive, and I, I had the right words and the right um, actions and now it's becoming the right emotion and I'm able to just say hey just whatever let it go it doesn't it doesn't matter that's over your new person that's not who you are no more that person who hurt you that, that you you are a better person than that we're going to outgrow that person and be better than that and so you know what I'm not going to let that hurt me and I'm not going to let everything someone says touch a tender space in me and let me be that way in my life I'm not going to live that way no more under, under the slavery of someone else's words and opinions of who I am. Praise God. Preaching, preaching to myself. Outgrow, next one, we're going to outgrow our comfort level. Matthew 19, 25 and 26 in the message. The disciples were staggered. It says, it says then, who, um, th then who has any chance at all? And Jesus looked at them hard and said, he looked at him hard. That means he said, Can you see him? He looked at him. That's how he looked at him. Hard. Like, what are you thinking? And he said, No chance at all if you think that you can pull this off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. So we're going to get out of our comfort level and quit doing things and saying things and, and, and trusting God for things only that we think we can do in ourselves. And we're going to start trusting God for even bigger things and even better things. And saying, God, there ain't a chance at all we can do it on our own. So this is up to you. For instance, on January 27th, I told some of y'all, I got a big goal for that day. And, and, and I, I don't believe it's all going to come from right here. Because I know, I know a lot of y'all work day to day, paycheck to paycheck. I'm believing $25,000 on the 27th. I don't know who's going to send me a check, but somebody better get in the mail. <laughs> somebody better write it. Because we need money. If we're going to move out of here, we're going to need money. To, to, to pay a bigger rent. We're going to have to upfit someplace to make it ours. If we have to stay here, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to get creative. So we're going to believe for $25,000 that day. And if it don't come exactly that day, it may come the next week or the next week. I don't know. There's a check in the mail somewhere. And then y'all are going to give what you can give that you feel that God's told you. Not what I asked of you, but what you feel that God is giving, asking you to give. But I'm believing for that. We're going to get out of our comfort zone. And start Just believe in God. If God put it, God gives you, God, God gives you the desires of your heart. My desires are $25,000. So God gave me that. 
That's not me just thinking crazy because this whole message, I had to get out of my carnality to, to study this message because everywhere I went, God was like, you're thinking about it wrong. So then here's another big one. We're going to outgrow anxiety. Oh, maybe we're, we're live on Facebook too. Thank you. Maybe somebody from Facebook might be giving a million dollars. But anyway. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I, 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 do, I do like a Jesse the Planets. Okay, God, I hear you. I know what you're saying. Okay, shut up and go on, move on. The next thing we're going to do is outgrow anxiety. Wilmington is full of fear. That's why we have the Cape Fear River. It's, it's amazing. That, that, that the fear, I talked to so many people. I, once I had realized how much fear I had in my life, and the freer I get from it, the more I see it in other people. I was talking to somebody on the phone, and they, they're like, Pastor, like, I need to talk to you right now. Oh, my gosh, I need you to pray for me right now. This is going on. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And this person said, oh, I'm afraid of something. I said, it's fear. Go ahead, and I can stop and tell you right now, whatever you're about to tell me, the basis of it is fear, because you've already said I'm afraid of. Okay? And we in Wilmington, it may, it may be it's prophetic because of the river. I don't know what it is, but we, there's so much fear in our life, and we need to start getting rid of fear in our life because God said in his word in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, he did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So when you say, I'm, and I, I'm bad for this, and I'm talking about speech, and I'm not trying to be, you know, catty about it, but, you know, when, when I'm scared of or I, I'm afraid of, God's like, I'm not in that. That's not me. I'm not in that because I don't give you the spirit of fear. So if you're scared of, you're afraid of, well, then, that, then I can't help you with that because I, I didn't give you that. you got to get rid of that, and then you come to me, and I can help you succeed and get what you need. Okay, then the next thing we're going to do is outgrow fear. Okay? Um, and so that, that's, that's anxiety. i got to go back to the anxiety scripture. Excuse me. Um, I read fear scripture for anxiety. Psalms 94 and 18. I'm sorry, Sydney, if you're trying to follow me. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comfort delights my soul. Your comfort delights my soul. And then Psalms 94, 19, and the passion, that was New King James. The passion says, whenever my busy thoughts are out of control, which causes anxiety, your soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. It's so weird. I never, I never thought about coming from anxiety to delight i always think about from anxiety to peace but he says that he'll comfort us his comfort will bring delight to us it will be delightful i don't know i gotta i gotta think about pray about that some more and kind of get a little bit more depth than that but but that was that's amazing that that it can be delightful to us we can go from anxiety to delight to lightness and then the next thing um, we're gonna do if you you can go ahead and come now i got i got about about eight more minutes left Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my, my, my little clock here, and it says i got 25 seconds left. Okay, that's not going to work. But anyway, but no, I, I just got, I got uh, three things more, and, 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 we, and we'll go. This is the Word of God, so if you have to leave, you have to leave, but I have to get it out of my belly. Okay, out, the next thing we're going to do is this is big. Some of y'all ain't even thinking about this, but, but this is you. This wasn't me. Y'all know I'm a real preacher. I'm going to tell you, this is me. Outgrow comparison. Galatians 6 and 4 and 5. You know what a root of comparison is? Fear. I'm not good enough as him. I'm not good. I can't do this like they can. I'm not as good a father. I can't be the husband that he or she is. He is. I can't be the wife that she is. So on and so on. 
Pay careful attention to your own work. It says in Galatians 4, 5, 6, 4, and 5. For then you will get the satisfaction of a well done by paying attention to your own rather than paying attention to somebody else's. Pay attention to your own and you'll get a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to no one else. For each one of us is responsible for our own conduct. Okay, now, same thing in the Passion Version. I love it. switches the word. It says, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence that God's given them to do, not somebody else. And their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. I still deal with, deal with that sometimes. But there was a time in my life that I couldn't preach a message and I thought I failed unless at least one person told me I did good. Because I compared myself to everybody else. Because preaching is not my strength. My strength is relationships. I can be the, I'm going to be the best pastor in the world because I got you. I'm confident in my ability to be your pastor. I'm not as confident as my ability to present the gospel like other pastors do because I'm so different. Everybody else gets up and screams and hollers and stomps. That's not me. <laughs> Amen, brother. I tried that when I first started. It just, it just didn't work. Okay, but that's just me. I'm passionate. My, my screaming will be my passion. Okay, I'm very passionate about my work. Okay, so it says in, in, in the passion version, it says, let everyone be devoted. It says, and every member will be ultimately responsible for his or her own conscience. So the, the NLT says their own conduct, and conscience is the other one. So, it's, so conscience is, is where it's all started off. It goes back to fear. I compare him because I don't think I can be like them. I'm not good enough like them. But God's called you to be who you are, not everybody else. And that's what I had to come to. There was only one Peter in the Bible, and he was crazy. He chopped somebody's ear off. And God had to say, oh, my gosh, are you for real? No, no. And he put the ear back on. Peter jumped out and walked on water. Okay? But Peter had to be Peter to do that. If Peter tried to be John, he couldn't do that. Two more things, we're done. The next one, we're going to outgrow guilt and shame everybody knows john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life everybody knows that everybody loves that but when we get saved what happens i'm saved but man you don't know what i've done i got so much guilt and shame from my past so what does 317 say that everybody don't read for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world I didn't come to make you guilty. I come to save you. It says through his word, though, you might be saved. So it says, so he wanted to come so you could be saved and move on and not be. He didn't come to condemn you, to beat you down about your past. When you're saved, that's why it says that he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. It's like a white sheet of paper. You're done, son. It's over with. It is no more. So there is, shouldn't be no shame. The enemy gives us that stuff. So we're going to outgrow that this year. We're not going to be guilty over our past and who we were. And the last thing. God put this in my spirit. This is how I heard it because God knows I have a sense of humor and this is how I think. God said, y'all are going to outgrow your haters. Romans 12 and 14. Blessed, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray for them. Pray that God will bless them. So we're going to outgrow our haters. We're going to grow so much in love and compassion and forgiveness that when some, we're like, you know what? It is fine. Because, listen here, 
when you allow someone to hate you and you, and you get bound under that, 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 that evilness of, of falling into that trap, it's like putting handcuffs on you and handcuffs on them. And you can't go no further than the hater. You're bound to that hater. You're bound to their past. You're bound to whatever's hating you or causing you to hate yourself. But you got to get free from that so you can move on and outgrow. You will never outgrow as long as you're bound to something else. It may outgrow you and overtake you. So we got to outgrow that mess and say, haters going to hate, hate, hate. That's fine. Thank you, girl, for that song. But we ain't got to hate back. We're going to love, we're going to forgive, we're going to do what God's called us to do. For so many years, we, 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 people treat us some way, and then we, we do what the devil wants us to do. We want to hate them back, we want to unforgive, we want, we want to have bitterness and anger and strife, we want to compare ourselves, and we're like, God, he's like, man, God's like, that's all jacked up. You, you ain't doing nothing I'm asking you to do. So this year, we're going to grow. We're going to grow. God's going to send us healthy people that are able to help and support and lead. But God is going to continue to send us broken people that are hurt, outcast, misfits. And when they come and they're a little different than you think they are, don't forget, don't ask for God for something and then complain about what he sent you. And we want to help this hurting community. I want a drug addict. I want a homosexual. I want a lesbian. I want, I want, I want everybody in and everybody that's dealing with stuff in their life that they feel outcast. That I want them to know that God loves them. We're going to build relationships with them, and then we're going to share, share intimately with them. But we're going to build relationships with them and let God help. Our, our job is to build disciples and help them and say, God loves you. God cares about you. Bring them to salvation. And then when they become they get saved. And then, then the rest of the stuff takes place, and that's up to God. It's not our job to criticize them and tell them how bad they are and how evil they are and how they're going to hell for whatever. Because you don't know. You don't even know if you're going to hell right now, probably. When you have that attitude. Not, not y'all. With that attitude, you probably won't go to heaven. But we're not going to do that. But it's going to take accountability. So everybody in here needs to find somebody in the room or somebody that goes to this church and say, hey, man, I want you to hold me accountable. If you see me at church acting in a way, talking away, saying something I shouldn't say, present myself in a way that's ungodly, I need you to check me. Because I trust you. Don't just ask everybody because they'll be like, fine. I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. Find somebody you trust. And let them help you grow. Maybe you, if you can't find nobody, ask me. Because you know I'm going to tell you, but I'll tell you in love. I'm not going to beat you down. I'm going to build you up. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to say, here's how we can fix that. Let me pray with you. Let me give you some scriptures. Come meet with me. But if you ask me, then I'm held accountable to God. So when you fall and you fail and I didn't do my job, God's like, Doug, they ask you and they fail. And you, you, if you would have done what your job they asked you to do and hold them accountable, they wouldn't be where they're at. That's why when someone says, Pastor Doug, pray for me, I take that seriously. I'm not going to just not pray for you because I'm, you, you, at that point you said, I need accountability for prayer. But God's going to do some great and amazing things. This word was not just for me. This word was a kingdom life. You are kingdom life, so therefore you are part of it. It's for you. Take this and run with it. 
Someone told me this morning, they said, they, they said hey, I, that, that job interview, they said, well, why do you want to leave where you're at? They said, well, I want to grow. Somebody else said, I asked God what my words were. They said, the two words for me were unclutter and grow. Brett, my, my cadre brother, said, man, your words grow. God just spoke at my heart today. I told Gina, Neil said, like I said, Neil felt, the, so man, it's like five or six times. That's our word for this year. It may seem simple, but when you start breaking it down the way I did, it ain't, it ain't quite so easy. So we're going to grow, and then we're going to grow so much that we're going to outgrow things. And you're going to be a better Christian for it. You're going to stand stronger. You're going to stand taller. You're going to stand more confident, not prideful. You're going to stand more confident in Jesus. And you're going to walk tall because you're going to know that God's got you and that you're in his presence and you got this. Amen. I love you guys. Bow your head and close your eyes. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, God, for, 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 for allowing me, God, to be here today to, to present the word that you spoke deep into my spirit, God. Let it resonate, God, and let us do these things and let us, let us grow and let us outgrow. Let us grow in you. But God, the one thing I don't never want to outgrow of is you. That's what happened to Satan. He outgrew you, he thought. And I see what happened to him. So God, help me to grow in you because you are infinity. God, there is no end to you. There is no end to your love, God, so we can continue to grow and never reach the pinnacle of who you are. So thank you for that, Holy Spirit. Help us to grow. And Lord, let all those things go that we need to grow out of. That fear, anxiety, and comparison. Um, all, that, all that judgment, the judgmentalism where we judge others on, and all this stuff because of our own insecurities and our own weaknesses. God, help us to let that go, Father. And when it happens, help me to be the pastor you called me to do. And not to judge them myself, but bring them in and love on them and help them out of that process. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Is there anybody here today that said, Pastor Doug, you know, I want to grow. Anybody want to say, I want to grow? Amen. Praise God. Does anybody say, Pastor Doug, there's some areas that I want to grow in, and I, I, need, I need special prayer right now about it. There's some areas right now that I, I need, need to come down, and I know you disagree with me in prayer. Just a point of contact. I want special prayer about something that, that, I, that I have in my life, whatever your need is. I want to give you the opportunity. I try often to, to give that opportunity for someone to come down and pray for a need. And if you have a need that you need prayer in, and you need desperate prayer right now, and you need us to agree with you, your family, to agree with you, you can come down and I'll pray with you. If not, that's good. I'm not, I don't have to have anybody. So it's, it's up to you. It's your needs. What, I'm here for you. And if you don't need me to pray for you right now, that's okay. You can call me, call me on, on the phone, and we can talk about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today's Paulie's birthday. Praise God. 68. Triple bypass. Your friend is, okay. We're going to pray for your friend's name.